Welcome to Sound of Truth Weekly Interview, where we have conversations with ordinary people to learn how our extraordinary God is at work in people's lives and in the world today. I'm your host, Brett Morani, and I'm excited you've joined us. For the third episode, I get to interview my friend Amy Shields, who is the founder and executive director of Bring Your Brokenness Ministry, a ministry to ladies who struggle with an eating disorder based here in Northeast Florida. In our previous two episodes with Amy, she told her amazing story. Amy, you closed out that last episode saying that now you have the, the, just the wonderful honor to pour into other ladies who need help in this area. And 2 Corinthians 1 speaks to this in the Bible, how the way in which we're comforted by the Lord, we then in turn comfort others. Mm-hmm. Tell us the story of Bring Your Brokenness. I would love to share, so thank you for asking. Uh, It's definitely a God thing, and so I'm just so thankful for all that he's done in my life. As you shared, this, this ministry has come out of my own pain and my own struggle. When I first came home from treatment, I started writing. I blogged. Um, I had written, I journaled every day that I was in treatment, and so the blog started out with me taking what I had penned and putting it in digital form. And my dear friend asked me one day if I'd ever considered sharing it. And I said, who in the world would want to read that mess? And she's like, well, you never know. It wouldn't hurt to try. You can always delete it. And so I thought, I'll just share it. And people started connecting from all over the world. It was the most amazing thing. People just want to be understood. And I think when you struggle with something like an eating disorder that's so misunderstood, when you find that connection, it's just cathartic for your soul. And I found catharsis just in being able, even in my heart, for God to use that to help others. It's like that verse in Proverbs, right? Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Mm -hmm. And so I continued to write. My therapist said, you know, you're writing a lot about the past. Have you thought about writing what it's like to be in the struggle? Well, that was scary for me because that's even more vulnerable uh, to have to write about these these are struggles that I'm having right now. These are mistakes that I'm making right now. Mm, mm-hmm. But I took another step and and continued to write and people continued to connect. And um, I remember going to lunch with a friend I hadn't seen in years. She was just inspired by my writing and my blog. And she just randomly asked me, she said, what's your dream? And I was like, well, I'd like to write a book one day, I think. And she's like, well, that's good. But what's your dream? And I said, well, I'm kind of embarrassed to say it out loud. And she said, why? And I said, because it's like too big. It's, I, I, I don't even want to say it because it won't happen. And she said, well, I'm pretty sure we serve the same God and nothing's too big for him. And so mm. just tell me. So I just said, you know, I, when I was in treatment, I watched several women come in and they'd be there for a couple of weeks and they'd just begin to talk about hard things and then their insurance would stop paying and they'd have to leave. And I shared with her, you know, the statistics of if there are, if research says there's 30 million Americans who struggle with an eating disorder just in America, um, but only 20% of them can get any help at all, but only 20% of the 20% can get the help that they need for as long as they need it to be able to sustain recovery. So that's like 2%. Wow. So I'm sharing with my friend, basically, I'm like in that 2% in the nation who struggled with an eating disorder, who could get the help they needed and be able to get it long enough to sustain recovery. And I said, something's just not right about that because 
I am recovered because of who Jesus is. And Jesus used people in a treatment center when I couldn't help myself to help me get on the road, but it shouldn't have been it. All of that was because my husband had a good job, had Mm -hmm. good insurance. And I said, it just isn't okay. And I said, I really would love to open a nonprofit treatment center where, where people who struggle with an eating disorder can come and get help, whether they have insurance or not, whether they're financial wealthy or not financially wealthy. I just would love for them to be able to get help because they deserve it because Jesus wants them to be free. Mm. And I remember her being teary about it. And she said, Amy, start speaking it. And so I thought, okay. So I trusted her. And I remember doing a Facebook Live and just saying, I believe that this is what God wants me to do. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but I believe it's what he wants me to do. And so we incorporated Bring Your Brokenness in the fall of 2018. And I began coaching people who were struggling um, with an eating disorder just to come alongside them and walk with them. And I was doing all of this while I was teaching eighth grade math because I had to be able to bring in money to support the family in some way. And so that was kind of my interim. And so all of the money I made from coaching, I just dumped right back into the ministry. Um, In fact, I, I just their payments went directly into the Bring Your Brokenness Bank account. And we just began, the board began praying, Lord, if this is your will, let it happen. And so we started doing recovery retreats and things in the interim. And in um, August of 2020, the board said, okay, it's time to take a step of faith. We want you to step away from teaching and we want you to focus on this full time and we're just going to trust the Lord. So at that time, we had enough in the bank that for a year, it could carry my teaching salary so that I could continue to support my family, but only focus on bringing brokenness rather than really having two full-time jobs. Of course, that quickly became two full-time jobs in and of itself, but it was an effort. Um, So that was in August of 2020. And the very next month, the Lord showed us a piece of property and began to put the pieces in place that we would be able to purchase this property through an amazing financer. So in December of 2020, so remember what kind of a year that was, but Mm -hmm. in December of 2020, God gave us the Karis house. And so we worked for the next, um, let's see, 16 months to bring it up to code, to get everything in line with ACA standards. We had to raise money to put in a full fire suppression and sprinkler system, change out the banister, all kinds of of little things to, to check off boxes, lots of red tape. But in May of 2022, we opened the Karis House as a group home. And in August of 2022, we were licensed by the state of Florida as a residential treatment center. Technically speaking, this is hospitalization, legally speaking. Correct. They, so there's, there are different levels of treatment for an eating disorder. There's inpatient, which is actually the hospital where there's a doctor there 24 hours a day or in a hospital bed. Then there's residential. So basically, after you spend a few days in the hospital and they said, okay, we've got your lab stable enough that you can go to residential treatment, that's residential. Then there's partial hospitalization. Then there's intensive outpatient. And then there's outpatient. So residential is just below. So hospitalization is you literally are in a physical hospital, like one of our city hospitals, getting the nutrients IV in you to sustain your life. Correct. To save your life. Correct. And then once they stabilize you, then you can go to a residential treatment. Correct. Which is basically what Karis house is. Exactly. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's 24 seven care. 
Um, because that one of the hardest parts of an eating disorder is that your, your, your body is the vessel that's not safe. So if many mental health treatment centers, um, so let's just say, for example, my struggle was substance use and I needed to go to residential treatment. When I admitted, they would check my person and they would check my belongings. And obviously, they keep an eye on me. But for the most part, I would be rendered safe because, because you're put I, in a closed, safe environment exactly. where the drugs cannot get to you exactly. or, or the, the substance of your choice or whatever. Correct. But, but now, but this when is you struggle different. with an eating disorder, exactly. Yeah. So we're still going to go through their belongings and we're still going to go check their person to make sure that they're not bringing anything unsafe into the facility. But, but again, it's it's the vessel. It's 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 our our personal bodily behaviors that render us unsafe. And so you have to have people with you at every meal and after every meal. You have to have people monitoring you when you're in the restroom. You have to have people monitoring you overnight to make sure you're not, your eating disorder is not loud and you're not getting out of bed and exercising. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it requires 24-7 care from mental health coaches just to, to visibly and physically be with you and be present to keep you from yourself. But it also requires a psychiatrist and a primary care physician, a mental health therapist, um, a dietitian. There's There are so many members of the treatment team. It's comprehensive because an eating disorder impacts every part of your body. Mm. So we need a whole team of people to come alongside them to support this recovery process. So you were able to secure the, the facility yes. and get it up to code. And then you were able to open in, in May, May mm -hmm. of 2022. Yes. We just celebrated our, our one year anniversary yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Now this is a, a major endeavor. Everything you just listed. I mean, that's a lot of work and that's a lot of the Lord's provision. It is all, it's all the Lord's provision. And sometimes I just stand back and just scratch my head and think, how in the world did this happen? But that's the only answer is God, because I know me and, and I know what a mess I am. Um, and so the, the only answer is a, a willing heart, willing to, to allow God to do whatever it is that he, that he wants to do. And he has done so much. And you have a great team of people that you've been able to assemble. The best. We have the very best. And that came through the body of Christ. You were able to tap into these relationships that you had previously, from what I understand, in, in many cases. Yes, for sure. And our our requirements for, for all of our team members is first and foremost that they have a relationship with Christ because we are training them and teaching them that they are to be the hands and feet of Jesus, that they are to love these ladies as much like Christ as they possibly can. Obviously, we're human and it's not perfect, but to, to love them unconditionally, to selflessly pour themselves out for them. And you can't do that without having a relationship with Jesus. So that's, that's paramount. That's the most important thing because we can teach you all about eating disorders. Um, and there's a lot to learn. It is a culture. It is a world of its own. But we can teach that part as long as your heart is turned toward the Lord and you love people and you want to help people. And obviously, you are safe in your own mental health. Gotcha. And that's been one of the really sweet parts of this journey for me, of this season of the journey, is that so many of the people that were in the ditch with me, who God used to save my life, I'm now blessed to be able to link arms with and serve alongside. So my therapist, two of my therapists, actually, um, the lady who was the clinical director at the facility where I was in treatment now serves alongside me um, and numerous more. So as you mentioned, the body of Christ, that's, I love to, to share what God is doing in local churches, um, because often 
there are people there um, who love Jesus and love people and want to come and serve. And um, we're, we're, we're looking to add to our team. And so if you know a mental health therapist with experience in treating eating disorders, we would love to connect with them because the Lord is growing us faster than we can keep up. I want to rewind just a little bit and speak to what a need this is. Mm-hmm. Speak a little bit about just how serious an eating disorder could be. From what I understand, it's one of the leading causes of death among the mental health disorders for women. It is, for sure. It it was the number one cause of death of all mental illnesses just until recently when the opioid crisis spiked. And now it's just below that. I saw a statistic the other day, and I want to say it was 20% of all people who struggle with anorexia um, attempt suicide. Every 52 minutes, research tells us that someone dies as a direct result of their eating disorder, which is just mind-blowing to me that even while we've been sitting here recording, recording, someone's lost their life. They've lost the battle to an eating disorder, which is just horrible. You don't hear about it. Usually the reason that's so shocking is because that's not what's on the death certificate. It's, it's more heart failure or whatever the physical implication is that's caused death, but the eating disorder is the direct cause of that complication. And I think eating disorders are are just so widely misunderstood. It, it's it's sad sometimes when I go to speak in churches, people will come up to me and, and they'll say, yeah, I mean, you can tell by looking at me, I got my own eating disorder. And, and I think, you know, to be fair, I've never really met another U.S. citizen who doesn't have some kind of disordered eating habit. But respectfully, that's not a mental illness. And there is a distinct difference in disordered eating habits, which most of us struggle with in some way, and a mental illness that literally is paralyzing and threatens to take your life. One of the great things about treatment for this particular mental disorder, from my understanding here as an amateur and understanding these things, is that this is curable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whereas some other perhaps addictions... In treatment, you're told this is something you will always have in your life. There are different recovery models. The addiction model does hold to the the fact that if you struggle with an eating disorder, you are always going to struggle, that you will go through seasons of doing better and doing worse. But we don't believe in that. We, we I believe that that puts God in a box and says um, that there are things that are too hard or too complicated for him. We believe that full recovery from an eating disorder is possible. And that, that's what is termed the recovery model. And so that's, that's what we believe. But I, I personally believe that struggling with an eating disorder Disorder, recovering from an eating disorder is probably one of the hardest things on this planet to mm. do. And it's because you have to fi- you have to face what you are most afraid of every morning for breakfast, every lunchtime, every dinner time, every afternoon snack time, every evening snack time. You have to face your biggest fear every single day. And and while recovering from any kind of, of addiction, and there's there's a distinct difference between an addiction with substance use and, and an addiction and eating disorders. So it's, they're not the same, but they have some commonalities. Sure. Um, but there's there's a, a difference in if the answer to, if my struggle was that I was an alcoholic, then I would just never touch alcohol for the rest of my life. But my struggle was an eating disorder. And so I had to establish a healthy relationship with the thing that scared me more than anything else in this world. And please hear me, I'm not downplaying how no, difficult it would be to recover. Sh- you're showing the difference. Exactly. Because your substance abuse 
is a substance you have to have to live. Exactly. There's a big difference I can't there. just put it on a shelf and say, I'm never going to touch it again, which would be very, very hard. I, I have to face it. And that's, that's why recovery from an eating disorder is there. It's just hard to even put into words because you have to every single day, all day long, you have to do what everything in your head is telling you is the wrong thing, is too much, is not okay. So it's you have to learn to live that way. In spite of your feelings, you have to live in the complete opposite way. And not just for a little bit of time, it takes a really long time. It's a long road. And, and I just, I believe truly that it, it's one of the hardest things that anybody could ever have to do. Over the past few decades in the, the world of science and particularly in the world of neuroscience, we have learned so much about the plasticity of the brain, mm-hmm. the rewiring of the brain, which as a pastor, it thrilled me to watch these, you know, PBS documentaries on this stuff and, and just think about Romans chapter 12, verse two tells me that this sure. is what the sanctification process is. It's the renewal of the mind. Mm-hmm. And what science is discovering is what the Bible has been teaching all along is that we can replace the way we think, which will replace the way our brain actually functions. Absolutely. By replacing the lies with the truth. For sure. That's that's one of the things that we talk about so often at the Karis House is taking those thoughts captive. And that's that's the surface work. That's, that's looking at everything on a surface level. Um, and that's what we're doing in groups. That's what we're helping each other do with peers, helping to challenge those thoughts. And then in individual sessions, they're looking below that surface to realize that you don't just believe that way or think that way or feel that way without reason um there's so a history there there is so in there your, in your story yes there are there are life experiences that establish our core beliefs some of those are good and some of those are not good at all but out of these unhelpful the, these negative core beliefs then we we don't we don't necessarily like that about us. And so um, we des- develop these unhelpful rules and assumptions out of which we live to try to cover up these core beliefs. And so then we, we live out of those unhelpful rules and assumptions. But unfortunately, it's a vicious cycle because we set those rules and assumptions up so high that we can't possibly live up to them. And so every time we fall short, we're actually reinforcing that negative core belief. But that's that's where these thoughts come from that we have to take captive. And, and this so, is where the gospel has to come in. Absolutely. So in those individual therapy sessions, we are looking at that. We are, we're taking these backpacks full of, that are heavy laden with these, these burdens in these rocks and we're laying them on the table and we're talking about them. We're processing them. We're reframing um, the ways that, that we have, have looked at them over the years according to the gospel, according to what Jesus says. And, and that takes a long time. We don't just hear truth and all of a sudden and think, oh, well, that makes sense. It, it just takes, it takes a long time to work through that. But, but absolutely, we are, we're taking our thoughts captive. Um, we are holding them up to truth. And we pray that every time I'm with the ladies at the table, I pray that before every meal, God, help us take our thoughts captive, help us hold them up to truth. And if they don't line out, line up, help us to move them to the side. We want to hold on to truth. We want to live out of truth. I want to say a couple things in regard to this. We've been hearing just an expert opinion here on this subject of eating disorders. And for our listeners, if you're, if you've passed this episode along to someone who struggles with an eating disorder, if you dear listener struggle with an eating disorder and perhaps you've not gone public with it, or perhaps you're looking for help, or perhaps you think, okay, I've listened to these episodes. I think I can, I think I can handle this. Please do not mistake what we have just shared 
in terms of some some basic levels of of how these patients are finding mm-hmm. help and hope and recovery as this is enough you've heard this episode you'll start doing these things now you mm-hmm. can do this please seek professional help Absolutely. yourself we're just using this to introduce you to this ministry and encourage you for your loved one or for yourself get them professional help where they're engaging personally Amen. with some experts and some people who know what to do like the people at Kara's house and, and bring your brokenness ministries Absolutely. so this is a good segue now for us to go ahead and say how can someone find out more about your ministry if they know someone or they themselves are struggling and want to have help please reach out to us you can you can reach us by phone at 904-789-HOPE um, you can reach us by email info at bringyourbrokenness.com. If you search Bring Your Brokenness or you search the Karis House Eating Disorder Treatment Center, it will bring us up. Um, and there are links all throughout there that you can just click and send us a message. We want to help. We, we want you to know that no matter where you are, no matter how hopeless it might seem, there is always hope. Jesus is alive and therefore there's hope, and we would love to be a part of walking with you in that road. Charis is the Greek word for grace, and it is spelled C-H-A-R-I-S, Charis House. All right, Amy, this has been wonderful. If someone wants to contribute to the ministry, same thing, go to your website. Absolutely. And there's so many ways that you can contribute. If you live here locally, we'd love for you to volunteer. We just established the Karis crew on Wednesday mornings between 9 and 12. We need ladies and men to come and help us to clean and to do handyman work and to to help in the yard so you can be a part of the Karis crew just once or once a month or every week. Um, You can donate goods on our website. We have a list of consumables that we use. We also have an Amazon wish list. You can contribute financially if the Lord leads you to do that. Um, it takes a village and we are we're the Lord's called us to a good work and, and that costs money and takes a lot of resources. And so we would love for you to come alongside us in that way. Well, I want to say thank you for coming here and to our listeners. Thank you the, so much. Uh, the Karis House and Bring Your Brokenness definitely has the Sound of Truth badge of approval. It's the first time I ever said anything like that. So I we, love, we that. love you, Amy. We love your ministry, Lacey. And I just thank the world. Y'all, y'all are in our prayers on a regular all. basis. Thank so, you. Um, thanks so much for coming on Sound of Truth Weekly My interview. joy. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sound of Truth. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review it. Also, tell your friends about it. Thanks. Music is by Canon and is used by permission. Sound of Truth podcast is produced in collaboration with Harvest Jacksonville and is copyrighted by Brett Amorani, 2023.